All right, welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan joined alongside Nika, and we have a great guest joining you today. We're going to be talking a lot of college baseball, so let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. All right. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast, Dylan and Nico. As always, Nico, how are you doing today? Can't complain, bro. I'm excited to talk college baseball. Absolutely. And I know you know our guest today really well. So how about you introduce who's our third person today? Yep. So our guest today is actually my brother. He is a pitcher at University of Pittsburgh. Um, it's Matt Fernandez. Matt, hey, how you guys. doing? How you guys doing? Everything good. Everything good. Happy awesome. to be here. So as we've teased, we're going to be talking a lot of college baseball. I know Nico has explained your interesting career journey so far. So how about if you just take us, I don't know, not way back to all the way to the beginning, but you're, we've had a couple of the college coaches on in the past couple of months, and they talk about the recruiting process starting at the high school level. So I guess we can start. You're a high school pitcher. You probably want to play college ball, and that's where we'll start your career journey. Sort of what's life like, and how did you end up getting recruited? So, um my my process started probably i'm gonna say end of my freshman year of high school beginning of sophomore year um my class especially um i saw a bunch of guys that were making that you know that jump of like normally it's the velo is like 85 the 85 86 range then when you start hitting the 90s is when especially the freshman that's that was huge back then and, and my my high school class especially had a lot of guys in that upper 80s range very very early and to be honest with you, I wasn't really there. I was, I was, I've always been a competitive pitcher myself. I've always, uh, uh, I've always, I've always done really well, like I'm doing the little things, to be honest with you. So I just, I played travel ball. I played with, uh, Evil Shield Canes, Florida, played a bunch of tournaments. I played with, uh, uh, Canes National Tournament. I went to Georgia. School started reaching out to my summer coach then. Uh, it was, uh, the process was kind of like starting there. I'm going to say that's when it started. Um, then we go sophomore year. Uh, I started pitching. I started pitching a lot more varsity. My freshman year, I pitched on varsity. I started. I shared time with my with a good friend of mine. Uh, then uh, sophomore year, we started. My name started getting out there because the year I had my freshman year, and uh, we actually went to a team camp in the fall. Fall baseball is huge down here in South Florida. Playing with your high school team or playing with a travel team, so we did that. We went to like a team camp at FIU, and I threw in front of the. I threw in front of the coaches. And in the middle of the team camp, I just saw the head coach walking out of the locker room and sitting behind the tent and behind home plate. And uh, whatever, I just kept on going, kept on pitching. And the guy I was pitching against actually is now, um, he's the Sunday at University of Miami, uh, Alejandro Rosario. So, and he's always been a fantastic pitcher, always. So they, there was people that would watch him. He was very intriguing. And then all of a sudden the coach comes and I'm, I didn't even think anything of it, to be honest with you. They had some good players, so did we. Uh, one of the guys on our team was also committed to FIU already. And then fast forward to two and a half hours later when the game ended, I threw three innings and the coach comes and speaks to me. And it's more of like a basic, like get to know you, you know, like what what do you what do you have? Like, and I didn't really have anything special. I had some smaller schools, some smaller division one schools that had reached out to me. Um, but playing at home and playing in Miami where I love playing baseball is always a dream. If it was at um, the University of Miami, if it was at FIU, I would have loved to do it. So... Fast forward to January, uh, 
a little bit of backstory. I just got a phone, I got a text the first day of school back from Christmas break. My my head coach texted me, hey, I need you to come to my room right quickly. And he goes, hey, uh, the coach from FIU just called me. We're going to need to have, uh, he wants to schedule a visit as soon as possible. He doesn't know why he hasn't been on campus yet. Fast forward, that was Monday, to, uh, Wednesday, I went on a visit, fell in love with the school, and I committed. And from then on, it was high school was really good. Uh, I played really well. My sophomore, my sophomore and junior year, I made first team all county. I put up some good numbers. My junior year, I came in second place voting uh, for pitcher of the year. So I had some good numbers. And then uh sadly my senior year had to get cut short due to covid and i was i think i want to say i think i had 275 i was like 25 strikeouts away from breaking 300 on my career it was gonna be a big deal and it was i had a lot of fun playing in high school without a Miami. i'll tell you that so then so yeah that's yeah. Where, that's how it started i was gonna say i was hoping that eventually <laughs> you started to pat yourself on the back because you were starting at the beginning being real real humble because if you weren't i was gonna go oh, off yeah. on how you I, uh, absolutely I think, shoved. I think i think it was Sophomore year, sophomore year, I think I had like a, I'm going to say like a one nine, a one nine year, right? Yeah, pat yourself up, bro. And I, always, up. and I told myself I needed to do better, wanted to do better. But no. junior year, all of a sudden, I, I we went spring break. I, I was dealing with some back issues at the beginning of the year. And then spring break hit. And then I think from spring break on, I think I had like 10, 10 stri- double digit strikeouts in every outing. And <laughs> no. I was like, holy crap, man. This is fun. Yeah. So I, Real quick. Real quick, because you're a college pitcher, so I want to get to college. But Dylan, so his sophomore year, um, his the number two on our team got hurt, so he actually pitched back to back to back games and playoffs <laughs> just to like buy him on the back. Because my favorite thing to do is talk about my brother. I love flexing him so much. So um, I just needed to mention <laughs> that he pitched back to back to back games and gave up a combined one run because he's just that guy. He's that guy. But um, Matt, going into how you're talking about FIU, how, what was it like making the transition from high school to college? Because a lot of people talk about how difficult it is, but obviously from your perspective, what was the biggest jump that you saw? So I think my jump was, or my high school class's jump was a little bit different than everybody else's because of COVID. So normally the way coaches recruit is obviously you recruit your your guys to be gone by junior, senior year. And that couldn't happen because of, um, of the the pandemic. So the five-round major league draft, that meant a bunch of guys were coming back. Money wasn't going to be the same because of the money drought. So it was just – so when I got to school, it wasn't overloaded. We just didn't get a lot of transfers. But there was there was a good 40, 40 guys on the squad. And I got there, and I'm not going to – it was pretty intimidating seeing that because it was guys that I thought were going to go that stayed. Like now, for example, uh, my best friend now, Tyler Myrick, he's now with the Giants. He, got, he signed in the 13th round that year after 2021. But he was supposed to go that year, 2020. I mean, he was sitting 90, 95 to 97 starting a game and and he was supposed to get drafted that COVID draft and wasn't able to because of COVID in the five rounds. So like just seeing guys like that was like, wow, like I'm here and I and I got to start doing things to get to get to their level. So I think I think it, it is intimidating as, as a freshman, especially pitchers where it's like, you know, like you have to compete and then you see these guys go one day in a scrimmage and they go two winning six strikeouts and then you get up there and it's like, oh, wow, like I got to compete a little bit more. So it's, so that's that's where I'll leave it. But and then sort of hearing off that and knowing as you to put in all the work and all that, Nico mentioned to me earlier that you then went to driveline, I think that summer or yeah, maybe then later I on did. To, then I yeah. went I freshman year. I went freshman year. I, I started as a freshman and then I went to driveline that whole summer. So it was like a six weeks. I it was I was there combined like seven and a half. 
I got there like on a Wednesday, I did my, my, uh, my mocap and all my assessments in the beginning. Then I went six weeks and then I stayed there another half a week. And then it was like the, the M mocap and all that, which is a really good experience. I think it's something that really boosted my baseball career. Yeah, for people who don't really know, like, what happened at Driveline, because I think a lot of baseball fans just hear Driveline, they think, oh, best training facility in the world. What was your experience at Driveline? I know I know a little bit, but kind of like how you're talking about the mocap and what makes Driveline so good? Um, What I liked about it, man, was um, the dedication from the trainers, to be honest with you. I think uh, there was a lot of, like... The way they do it is they get they have a bunch of trainers on the floor at once, like what during the training sessions, and they tell you to go in at certain times. And like your train, your throwing trainers working with you one um like I'm gonna pretty sure like it's really like three of his guys are on the floor at once. So he's able to work with all of you. And then you, you have a separate strength guy that's able to work with you in the, in the weight room. So um I think I the reason I benefited it from so much is because I asked a lot of questions. I think questions as something that's gotten me way through my baseball career. Um, and yeah, and I'm someone to ask dumb questions too. Like I'll ask funny questions, uh, but I think that's what made me get the most out of it, to be honest. So, uh, everything, everything there, I, I enjoyed, I think all that, the strength and conditioning part was phenomenal. Uh, a lot of mobility work, a lot of, uh, a lot of very like deep analytical work that I had never seen that I didn't know I needed to get better at to go to the next level, especially in college baseball, where everybody's constantly getting better now with development and all the analytics behind it. And then after that summer, you ended up transferring and then sort of for people who don't know what that process is like, obviously you can't go into all the details on it, but sort of what was that decision like deciding you're going to go play elsewhere your sophomore year and then how you ended up settling on the place that you want to go to? Um, So the transfer process was a little, uh, was, it was a tough, it's tough. It's tough. It's not as, it's not all the rainbows and butterflies that everybody portrays it to be like the, you know, the NIL stuff and everything that now is coming out to be, you know, even even guys about you that take NIL deals, just leaving that one school that you were at, unless it was a very bad breakup, uh, is tough. You know, so at least for me, it was it was a tough process transferring. I think it's something that I needed to do for my career. Um, so going back to a little bit, a little bit of backstory, I was at FIU my freshman year. I pitched a lot. I think I, I threw in 13 games every weekend and I started 10 of them. Uh, I got a lot of innings under my belt. I got a lot of experience that I'm using now for my time here at Pitt. But um, it just then I then I ended up going and I felt like I was going to be in the bullpen. I didn't really want to do that. I did, I felt like my career should have gone a certain way. And I think it was just a change that needed to be made. Uh, so then I made that move. And to be honest with you, I had never thought that I'd end up at junior college. Never in my life. I thought it was going to be division one, ride or die. You know, that's the life that everybody wants to live. It's the cool life. Everybody, you know, the D1, the Instagram, the social media now, it's huge. But I, when I went JUCO, man, it it was it it was eye opening and like it was life changing. I will say, you know. Um, so we went. I went to Miami Dade College. The year before, they had got they had gone to the national tournament in in Grand Junction, and their coach called me and said, "Hey, when I when he heard I was in the portal or heard that I was transferring, he called me right away. Then he called me two days later and was like, hey, Matt, listen, we heard about this, and and we need another starting pitcher, someone with experience, someone's gonna be able to eat up innings for us." And I told him, yeah, and he goes, and we just need to win ball games, And that's that's what we did. And, you know, and I played with a lot of guys that I'm still close with now. Um, and I enjoyed the process a lot. It's it's a long grind and it's huge. But the transportal process, at least for me, was kind of short just because it was going JUCO. But it was strenuous uh, in the fact that, like, it was a lot of thinking, you know, do, should I transfer from FIU? Should I stay and just grind it out and see what happens in the Division One transportal in the year? Or should I bet on myself and have a good year at a junior college and try and do that? 
you know, so it was kind of like, should I leave it in so in someone else's hands and see where I end up? Or should I go and, you know, bet on myself at the junior college level and see where I can get uh in that and see if I can go to a better school off of that. So that's, that's, that's where I was at. Yeah. I think a lot of people, like, like you're saying, everyone pictures the sunshine and rainbows of like division one baseball. And I think people don't understand that there's a lot of good D2s, a lot of good D3s and a lot of JUCOs. I mean, we've seen it firsthand being in South Florida. I mean, the amount of good D2s and good D3s and JUCOs, like, what do you have to say to people who like think that D1 is the only option? Yeah, I think I've always thought about striving for, for the best, you know, so that's, that's one thing I thought about, especially like going the visual, um, trying to go division one right out of high school. You know, that's, that's what I grinded for. That's what everybody grinds for. You know, everybody wants to go to the ACC schools. Everybody wants to go to the SEC schools, to any power five, you know, but there is, I mean, there's mid-majors now. You look at the top 25, there's mid-majors popping out of nowhere. You know, FGCU, for example, now is ranked number 20 in the country in some polls. And they were, and they're normally in the middle of their conference some years. And some years they just pop off and you see it's another school from South Florida. So I just think that there is, there's good baseball everywhere. And there's, there's a place for everybody, to be honest with you. I think that's where, that's where I'll go with it. That there, there is a place for everybody in, in, at the junior college level, division two level. There's schools, at the University of Tampa, Nova Southeastern. You know, there's schools that, that, can put you there and especially now that scouts are looking for so many numbers and metrics that they'll find you somewhere so i think that i, I don't think it yeah division one because the platform and because of where it's getting and where it's at now with how big college sports is because of the amount of because now the lack of guys getting drafted and wanting to go in the draft because of the 20 rounds and people wanted to stay and play college baseball i think division one is huge i think it's getting it's getting huge you can see it on youtube all the instagram accounts everything uh but there's tremendous college baseball elsewhere naia division two II, division three everywhere so it's all, over, it's all over the internet too. I think like, you know, if you hit a massive home or you strike out a massive guy, it's going to go on the internet, Twitter, Instagram, all those places are going to pick it up. So it's unlike in the past where sort of everyone felt that need. If I want to go play baseball professionally, I got to go play at the D1 exactly. level. Exactly. Now it's like, yeah. they will find you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. Like for, like, for example, I know a friend of mine at Nova Southeastern is now about like is ball is balling out and about and, and might get picked up this year in the draft too. And he's at a division two school. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Then we're also thinking about it because I know you mentioned earlier the dream was always playing in Miami in your backyard and you did that your first two colleges. But now you're in a city that's I'm not going to say the opposite of Miami, but it is almost. No, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. I'm embracing it, but you know, I, I will say that. Yeah, I will say uh, coming out of coming out of junior college, I um. So when I transferred to junior college, that's all all I thought about was playing, to be honest, just in the ACC. That's mm-hmm. that was that's what I dreamed of. Playing the ACC or the SEC, obviously, or any power five school. You know, and obviously with the amount of schools in the south in the southeast part of the United States and the nice weather and all that, um, those were options. Those were options. And there were schools that contacted me down there, but uh but I remember in the beginning of my process, there was a school from up north that that contacted me. And I was telling my pops and, and my mom back home, Nico, and Nico was uh was at school, so I could, so I didn't tell him, but they, they told me like, oh, what about the school? I said, dude, it's way too cold for me to go there. <laughs> way too cold. <laughs> and then next thing you know, uh, I'm gonna say about a month and a half later, two months, university uh pick comes and watch me pitch, and all of a sudden I fall in love with the place with the school with the coach <laughs> the school. I'm like, dang, man. Wow. And I'm like, and then I and then all of a sudden I come to re- re- uh, rethink it. I'm like, oh my God, I was just saying uh two months ago that I didn't want to go play up North and now freaking uh, stay down from New York. <laughs> so, but I'm enjoying it. It's, it's different scenery. It's different baseball, you know, but 
but it's it's different advantages that we have to ourselves, different facilities, you know, like for example, we we have a bubble here, an indoor facility that we can go to, you know, access to 24 seven, you know, that schools that some schools have maybe just cages that they can work at, you know, I can go get my long toss session at eight o'clock if I need to, because I have class throughout the day. And, you know, and that, that facility is a whole football field length. So I can go get my long toss in, you know, so there's advantages and disadvantages also, but you know, there's a lot of advantages that come with it. Yeah. I mean, now talking like, more into like the power five you were talking about how that was your dream i mean i really haven't even heard this from you what's different i mean you talked about like how there's baseball good baseball everywhere but i mean i know you guys just started conference play what's different about playing in the acc versus just playing in a national so, d1 so and i'll say this now from this weekend at this past we were just at for example we were that we started off the year because of the disadvantages of being up north we started off the year we went to uh, we went to a, uh, a tournament in Sarasota, not a tournament. It's kind of like a, a classic that they that they do for the schools up north. And we go down and play. So we played University of Maine, played them. Great competition, great school. And like, for example, they brought the Ray game because they saw the three letters of the ACC on our chest. You know, they brought they, they all their guys fit to the top of their level. You know, all their guys were locked in from the jump. They hit a double. I'm pretty sure to start off the game, the fir- first game of the season Friday. And th- their guys were jumping in the dugout. <laughs> we're like, oh, man, like this is they're they're coming out to get us. You know, and then the next week, and we played Harvard, two good schools, you know, another good school that they had two guys that are probably, probably going to get picked up this year, Friday night and Saturday night guy, you know, and then, and they were at neutral sites, so we didn't really see it. And then uh, Friday, the following week, we got a, we, we had spring break, so we we're going to go to uh, the land, play the University, uh, uh, University of Stetson and Mount St. Mary, and then we we're going to spend the rest of the week in Florida, play a midweek at USF, and then we went to the Florida State to start conference and we get the Stetson. We play Friday against Valencia Mary in the afternoon, you know, and, and, and you see Stetson fans piling in there early. Stetson was playing the, the six thirty game, you know, and, and like in the fifth, fourth inning, fifth inning of our game, you start seeing Stetson fans get there to watch the back end of our game. And we're like, wow, this place for two teams from up North that no fans really travel with other than our parents. To be honest with you, you started seeing people pile in, you know, the first game on Saturday kind of, it was, it was a good crowd, not really anything, but I guess they were getting ready for the Saturday game, for the Saturday night game, because all of a sudden there's 1,500 people in the stands. The Saturday night game, we're playing Stetson. We're like, oh my god, we're playing against a an ASUN school. Nothing, nothing against the ASUN. It's a great conference, but it's a smaller school in the middle of the land, Florida. It's not a big city, you know. And there's 1,500 people in the stands, you know. So I think that's something that comes to the conference, man. I I can say even being at a at a mid major myself when I was there, when we were playing big schools, like for we played Miami in a midweek, man, and that FIU had we had 3,500 people in the stands slammed you know, rooting us on, you know, so that's what happened with, with us here. We got, we played Stetson 1500 people a, a Saturday night. It was awesome. So that's something that, that I think that the ACC schools and big schools bring to the table. Like when you go on the road to play at one of these, some of these mid majors, maybe their weekend sets in the conference, probably get 800, 900 people. All of a sudden a mid, uh, a power five school gets in there and they want to go watch some good baseball. So they come in. Then it happened the same thing at USF uh, Tuesday on a midweek Tuesday, 1100 people there. It was slammed. And then, and FSU this past week it was incredible the environment they they Friday night Jameis Winston threw out the first pitch, forty five hundred people Saturday, uh they retired Buster Posey's number sixty three hundred people, then Sunday rain and the forecast everything, of forty five hundred people again and we're like wow, this is this is what it's like to play in the ACC so it's it's it was a little bit of a shock in the beginning but it's like you know like this is what you come to these schools for you know this is what this is what you grinded for the first 21 years of your life to get here you know to perform on these stages and it's nice it's it's awesome
And then thinking about that, when you're facing probably some of the top hitters in the league, you have to have a great repertoire. So as a pitcher, got to ask you, what's your repertoire? Best go-to pitch? I don't know if you want to give uh, a okay, your so secrets. I'll start tonight. off right now. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm going with four pitches. I'm, I'm fastball, 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 breaking ball, 12-6 from an over-the-top arm slot, 12-6 breaking ball with a slider cutter. It's like a lot of people are throwing it out. You can manipulate it, which is what I've been doing lately, and then change. Uh and fastball is like 90 to 93 range. Uh, I'll bump a four, maybe, every other outing. Uh, I'll go with the curveball. Curveball is 75 to 70, 79 pitch I've thrown my whole life, so I can manipulate that one probably the best. You know, the slider cutter that I started throwing, I started throwing it. I I touched it in driveline. They, they asked me if I'd ever touched it. I said no. They told me something about it. I said, you know what? And I kind of put it in the back burner. And then... Uh, my fall, my my fall at FIU, I started playing catch, man. And, and I don't know what it was in my release point, but every fastball I was throwing was cutting, cutting, cutting. And then I was able to fix that. And one day I was playing catch over the break, over winter break. And I'm like, dang, wait, I have a feel for a little bit of a cutter. So I started going to that. And then uh, when I, um, I threw that all year, I threw a cutter. That's my breaking pitch. So it was working. And then when I got here to pit, I started playing with it. And uh, I went to I went to like a, a hard slider. I'm like 85, 87, you know. And it's and it's and it's been my out pitch right now. So right now, and then the changeup is the occasional one. It'll be there some games. It's some t- it'll be there three out of the four games I play. It's an out pitch. I throw it to lefties, you know. So I've been so that's what I've been rocking with this year, and it's been and it's helped me a lot. But really, really, what's helped me now is that slider cutter. And now, so now it's turned into it turned into like kind of a hard slider that I can manipulate because then I can also throw the cutter. At, at a regular speed because of my fastball the way it plays but yeah that's what's helped yeah just to chime in like if there's anyone listening who like wants to know like how much pitchers throw like during covid the amount of time that i think that we spent just throwing in backyards throwing in tennis courts just the um, i felt like his personal catch yeah i was throwing for, like <laughs> i was throwing like balls they throw within the dominican republic because at one point we were in we were locked up long throwing tennis balls my ball the balls were more scuffed <laughs> we, i felt bad for this guy i throw curveballs <laughs> they were so scuffed the ball the ball was breaking 18 inches we, would be in, catch. we went to a tennis court we'd be in a tennis court and he now he said his changeup never been there never been there but now actually on last weekend it was very good yeah but, this last weekend I, I, that was the best part of throwing my life <laughs> yeah had a good time, bro. It was at the SU. But we go and he and goes nine o'clock at night. We're like watching TV. He goes, Nico, let's go. Like, what? He goes, I can't, I can't, I can't, bro. I can't. We're we're figuring out this changeup. <laughs> I kid you not. We may have been there till eleven thirty at night, and he threw a a lot of changeups. <laughs> now a lot. Just we'll leave it at a lot. Cause I don't I'm not even gonna say that's, a number because the gonna... number's probably over. That's been a grind pitch right there. That's <laughs> the, amount, the amount and like, bro, I I don't know if you want to say this story, but about the change of a drive line when you went, what they told you about your change. Oh yeah, so that, that'll be a quick one. So I've been dri- going back to the drive line thing. I'm throwing the last one of the last things I did at drive line was I wanted to do a little pitch design session. I get in the cage, whatever. I start throwing my fastball. My fastball, I'm, I'm over the top, and I throw and I throw a, a four and I throw a straight four seam ride. So my four seam. Uh, talking about the analytics, probably like my vertical break, probably on a bad four seam is 15. I'm normally like 16 to 18. You know, I get I get good ride on it up in the zone. Uh, so he saw my fast play. He's like, oh, wow, that plays, huh? He's like, you throw, let me guess, he throw the, tw- the uh, breaking ball off it. I said, yeah, and I throw a little bit of slider. My slider was kind of caca, a little, a little crappy at that point. It wasn't the slider <laughs> I have now. 
No, I was, it wasn't the one that I, it wasn't the 83, 85. So I threw one and I threw, he goes, throw a slider for me. I throw a slider, throw a slider for me. It was a 78 mile per hour slider. He goes, this isn't a slider, man. I'm like, hey, man, I, I just call it's a different type of, he goes, that's a different curveball. I'm like, wow, man, I'm, this guy, this, this dude's getting on me a little bit, whatever. You know, and, he, and according to the numbers, you saw the numbers and the numbers were, and the numbers were a curveball. But it was as harder than my 12 6, so I called it a slider. I, I didn't know any. That's throwing it, trying to strike guys out. Oh, and then we go and uh, he goes, Oh, let's throw. What, what do you really want to work? I said, I really want to work on the changeup, see if I can find it. So I started throwing the changeup. Meanwhile, the session's at 9 30 a.m. And I'll tell you what time I end at the end. Start throwing changeups, changeups, changeups. So he goes, Throw like five or six, and I'll let you know. Whatever he starts looking at numbers, he goes, Oh, let's play with this grip. I throw it. This wasn't working. A spike in a couple. Some would be up. It wasn't getting depth. Uh, all of a sudden, he goes, "Not working, huh?" Like, no, not really. Not really. He goes, "Yeah, I think we're gonna have to scratch this pitch." I said, "What do you mean scratch this pitch?" He goes, "Yeah, I don't think you throw a changeup, son." I'm like, "What do you mean I can't throw a changeup?" Yeah, that's what I'm here to work on. <laughs> he goes, "He goes, you, people come like two or three, like people like you should be here like two or three sessions working on this changeup." I'm like, well, I only have one session. He goes, okay. So the session was, he tries showing me a split. The split was going like 50 feet. I, I wasn't, I was barely even reaching. <laughs> I started throwing a split and it's like, oh man. Whatever. And then I started throwing changes. He gave me some tips and stuff in the changes. I ended up leaving there. I got there at 9.30. I ended up leaving at uh, 11. I was throwing an hour and a half bullpen. And my arm was on the floor. It's the most I've thrown at driveline since. I, I had a below days that my arm felt better than how it felt at the end of that bullpen. And uh, that's, and then. Now, hindsight is I thought I got I thought the guy was getting on me the whole hour. And at the end of the hour, the what I took about it was the last three minutes of him just looking at and telling me I could throw a cutter because of my arm slot and the way the ball came out of my hand. So now looking at it, I could have been out of there in three minutes and been the same picture I am right now. <laughs> I just an hour and a half and the guy just telling me I can't throw a change up to save my life. <laughs> but, but I've worked on some things. Uh, uh, our pitching coach here, Coach Bell, phenomenal, phenomenal pitching coach, has given me some cues to work on, like the way to take the ball out of glove, the way I, the way uh, how to follow through, you know, little things like little traditional things that you know that you got to like reinstate, mm-hmm. uh, just to get back to the basics, you know. And it's things that I've pro- that I've heard my whole life, but you know, it's just like things that you know, hey Fernandez, get, get your thumb down, get it out front, throw the circle to catcher, you know. So just uh little things like that that have really helped me and things that I've liked that have helped me really manipulate that pitch and be able to have success with it now. So, Love it. And then we do have these three fun questions. We usually save them at the end because um, usually when sometimes our guests will say something that gets it on a serious note, obviously we're joking, having fun. So this will just continue the conversation and keep it rolling. But we have these three tangential to baseball slash fun questions to have you answer on your way out. If you're game for them, we can go rapid fire into them. Yeah. All right. So the first one is as a pitcher, what is your walk-up intro song that's blasting when you're taking the mound? Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> so my whole life, since I was my sophomore year of high school, I've used uh, Superstar by Lupe Fiasco. It's been, <laughs> and if you go to my, my Instagram and you see my senior year post, everybody would comment Superstar, everything, because everybody knew me by it. Like people would like, I'd throw every Friday and in class people would be playing it. On the <laughs> on the smart board when I walk into class, I'd be like, "Oh wow!" Like people know people actually listen to it. I don't really think anything of it, and then I like I just like the song. I like listening to it. I heard a a guy had it uh, when I was younger. I heard it at, actually at my high school game. A hitter a hitter had it, and I'm like, "Wow, I love this song." And when I was younger, I always wanted to be my walkout. Always wanted to be my walkout. 
and I used I've used it from my sophomore year of high school till till today. Now this weekend we play at home, it'll play on the speakers. Thank the Lord you're keeping it. I thought <laughs> I I was here. I, I really I, people are I trying to that you were me to switch it. to switch to a little bit of Spanish, you know, because of the the uh I'm one of the only Latin guys on the team. They wanted me to switch it, and I was really heavily heavily considering it. But I'm gonna stay with with what's gotten me here. So yeah, superstar by Lupe Fiasco. You can even start it at uh, 17 seconds, and that's where I started from. I know there we go. Started from started there at 17 seconds. And bro, second question. I'm actually interested with to hear for this. When you're growing up, what was the starting pitcher or the pitcher that you modeled your pitching after? Wow, wow. So growing up, growing up, I was I was a catcher. So I, I loved like all the catchers I grew up. I loved the Buster Posey's. I loved the uh, Yadier Molina's. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> no, you I, did. Buster like, Posey was my guy. Yeah. You know, but pitcher, pitcher, when I when I started falling in love with pitching, Jose Fernandez was huge in Miami. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Rest in peace. But he was huge. And I and I and I loved the way he pitched. You know, sometimes I'll still go and watch his highlights from when he was from from his year the way he attacked the game I love that so I think growing up that's who I that's who I modeled and emulated my pitching after Jose Fernandez love it and then the third one we have is a little fun we let our guests sort of determine where the show is going to go in the future and it can be maybe a former teammate it could be a current teammate but you get to shout someone out here on the podcast and you can say I nominate this person to be the next guest on the show so the floor is yours to oh, do wow uh, former teammate current teammate whoever you want to shout out go for it i can go i can go a lot of ways with this one i can i can make you <laughs> ah, who are you going bro guys, i get you guys a player from up north i can get you guys a player from down south man man i'm trying to think of someone that enjoy the spotlight too <laughs> Well, I'm trying to rag my brain now of all the people he's going to say. Wow. <laughs> we can go with the starting shortstop here that we have here at Pitt, Tommy Tavares, my roommate, Jada Melendez. Wow. We can uh, – my my best friend back home, Orlando <laughs> Hernandez. Uh, my best friend that's playing in the minor leagues, Tyler Myrick. Uh, who else? I have a bunch. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie, bro. All those work, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm listening. I'm giving you a couple of good ones. You guys, how about this, bro? Name the most famous person that you think we can get, and then just how many that person. Uh, wow, actually, probably the most famous person you guys could probably get is MJ. MJ, I was thinking playing in the World Baseball Classic right now. Good the reason he's a buddy is because he's my my roommate's older brother, but phenomenal dude, and he'd love probably love to do it. But MJ oh, Melendez or Tyler Maverick too. Um, MJ the big leaguer and Tyler and Tyler Maverick's probably gonna start the season in Double A. So the two guys probably enjoy being on here. And Nico, I don't know since we did just mention the WBC, I don't know if you've checked your text of what's happened while we're uh, recording. Mr. No, I haven't. David Halpert, who's a member of our podcast, said the game to watch in the WBC would be the Team Israel versus Puerto Rico game, and uh, he was right because Puerto Rico just don't tell me Israel. Bro. They just threw a no hitter in the WBC and mercyed them. So yeah, I don't dude. think that's why David said that was going to be the game to watch, but uh, <laughs> he, he might have been correct. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, we definitely appreciate all the time inside. Nico, I know you've had a blast on this one. I have as well. And Matt, hopefully you had some fun talking to us, talking about baseball and a lot of hearing about your career journey and fun stories. But Nico, unless you got anything you want to throw in. Nothing, bro. All good. Good luck to Pitt, bro. Absolutely. Sounds good. So until the next time for Dylan and Nico, the side is retired.